to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back to another episode. I am Alexa, your host, and with me is Ambrosia. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Hello. How are you doing? Doing super duper. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Um, uh, Very excited because we have a guest with us today, Justine Hernandez, who is a classical feng shui expert and transformation life coach. Hi, Justine. What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) We are so excited to have you here, honestly, because I think uh, every time we've talked to you before this, we both get – Ambie and I both get very excited because I think feng shui is like a really interesting topic, a relevant topic. Um, We both probably have a million questions about it and so happy that you're here to share, share your knowledge. Heck yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for having me on and like having some girl talk with you ladies yeah. and just talking about life and fun stuff, right? Now. Why not? And feng shui. And, and fun, <laughs> fun shui. Fun shui. <laughs> fun. Yeah, I'm ready to take notes. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> All right. Um, Justine, so, you know, before we get started, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, like about your background, you know, maybe what your life has been like up until this point or how you even got into this? Okay. So um, I've been practicing feng shui for almost a decade and I kind of fell into it through um, a traumatic time in my life. So I had, I had lost, um, well, I went through a divorce, lost everything and became a single parent and got really involved in the self-help world because I didn't want to repeat generational behavior and mindsets that my family bestowed on me as being in survivor mode. So I didn't want to repeat that same thing. Um, So I really immersed myself in life coach, uh, well, life coaching in the coaching industry in the West Coast in California, which is big over there. And um, one day I was like, what am I going to do with myself? How am I going to be a better example to my kids and blah, blah, blah. And I'm online because I used to study um, visual communications in college, which is like set design. And I could have been on Game of Thrones doing all that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But anyways, life had another path for me. And so one day um, my... I was online and I found this thing about feng shui and I was like, what is this feng what feng shui? Like I probably didn't even pronounce it correctly at the time because I didn't know what it was. And I started reading up about it and I found my feng shui master at the time. She was big in San Diego and just kind of like reading up on her stuff and stalking her a little bit on Facebook (laughs) and uh, sent her a message and was telling her like where I'm at and how I want to 
get into interior design supposedly at that time and get an edge and adding feng shui as that edge. Um, we met for tea, which was my first encounter of drinking tea. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Ireland. So, and she just exuded this beauty of love that I've never seen in a person before. Um, because of my surroundings at that time. And it was just like, I want what she has. I want her like energy. I love it. I love how she's just like, she just exudes this amazing energy. And one day, like, because of all the work and kind of like being a part and trying to get all the knowledge that I could, she's do monthly classes. And I was there every day, like a student just writing things down. <laughs> And then just every time I would implement everything that she would recommend it, I was just started to see my life transform. And I started to realize the difference. Um, like I was working on my internal environment, but my external environment was looking different. But as I implemented these feng shui principles, it matched my innards, you know, my inner subconscious mm -hmm. stuff. It started matching my exterior of my life and my life started shifting and changing in a very powerful, profound way. Um, and so I wanted more, of course. And so my feng shui master took me under her wing and I became her apprentice and which was such a blessing. And I've been under her wing and teaching, um, teaching with her, with the international feng shui school. She's the founder of that school. And, um, I became a teacher and I'm a gold level teacher for the, um, or a gold level red ribbon professional with the international feng shui guild. And then I'm a transformational coach. And so it's just, adding all of these little pieces, I started seeing how, um, how this knowledge was so powerful that people could really not live their life by default, but design the life that they wanted, you know, mm -hmm. and you're doing all these healing and doing all this stuff, but your external environment is reflective of your old self. And so if I could teach people that you, how to do your inner and outer environment, like I just, that was something that was revolutionary for me because I'm like, people need to know this. Like I want to be able to help people in a profound foundational way so that they're not passing on generational behavior and mindsets and the traumas that you encounter that you are beautiful and amazing and you can empower yourself. So anyways, um, but that's kind of like how it all started. And she took me under her wing. I got to know her business. She like, I was helping her with the events and you know, just all the visuals, everything that she did with her business, I got to learn the back end of it. And I got to experience um, just the magic of people's lives transforming. And I got certified nine times in Feng Shui. And uh, yeah, I just been an avid learner, a student, and I just love this ancient art because it's so profound and it helps you see that your environment or your space, any place that you live in is alive. You know, mm. it has Energy. It's made of a frequency. And so understanding that, that it's not just this building that was built, that it's an extension of you and every home and every experience that you have in a home has a lesson. And it's just really cool when you understand that you don't take life so personal and you realize, oh, this is just part of the journey. So what can I do in my space to support where I'm going? And it's mm -hmm. constantly decluttering, constantly organizing, constantly moving furniture around and things like that. And it's all about like intentionality and learning how to bring balance in your space. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Love all of that. That so resonates 
um, with me personally. And so a question that keeps coming up is, so what do you – what is your take on clutter? Like what is mm, – because that's like one of the biggest question. issues I think with anyone who's has any issue with feng shui, the feng shui of their home, right? I mean I can speak for myself. Like I'm right now looking around. There's a lot of unnecessary clutter around me. You can't see it but it's over here. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, what, what is the deal? Like why do we have so much clutter? How can we deal with clutter? Like what does clutter symbolize – any insights on clutter yeah. in general? So for me, like clutter, I feel like just stems from generational behavior. So like for the Great Depression, you know, when everything crashed, people had to hoard and hold on to things because they don't know when they were going to get so, get whatever they needed next. So they kept everything. Everything was valuable. Mm-hmm. Where now we're stepping into the next generation where it's consumerism, we're just buying all this stuff because it's still that energy of, we need to hold on to because we never know when we're, we're um, when we're going to need or when someone else needs. So, and that's why I feel like minimalism is starting to become so popular because our generation is realizing we don't need all this shit. Mm-hmm. Like we don't need like 10 million blankets and a bunch of sheets and pillows and like all these knickknacks and things that don't really serve us. And I feel like that's what decluttering is it's it's decluttering generational stuff or beliefs that we had that been passed down and really evaluating what is it that we want. And we all have clutter though. Like even though I I'm I call myself a minimalist, as minimal as I can possibly be, but things just sneak up. You know, just stuff comes into your house. Like I probably declutter um once a week, maybe mm-hmm. twice. If I'm, if I'm having a lazy week and I don't want to do anything, but I have systems in place. Like, for example, like my son is a toddler and, you know, kids grow and they're constantly growing and growing and growing. So I have like next to my dryer, my washer and dryer, I have a, um, a bin that is a donate bin. And I put all the clothes of my kid when he's grown out of it. I just put it in that bag. And when it gets full then I put it in my car and take it to go donate somewhere or to the Samaritan house or wherever. And I do the same thing with my clothes for on throughout the week or the season, like, cause you start seeing like what you don't really wear and like normally would just leave it in the closet because the idea of having it there makes it makes us feel like we're abundant Mm -hmm. when in reality it's causing lack because you're taking up space that the universe is trying to give you. You know, we only have so much um, capacity um, in our energy to hold on to things. So it's always good to cycle and re- get rid of stuff. So that's kind of like my perspective on clutter is that we all have it. It's just being conscious about putting systems in place to help support you getting rid of that clutter as it comes through your home. And then as well as having a rule in your house where you bring one item in, you take two items out, you mm. know, and that also... It helps you keep in mind as well of, I don't know, like, um, like just keeping track of your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, That, that goes with, that's, that's great advice and that it really goes with, I think like, especially what you just said to end that there, it really goes with what we've been talking about with our money coach, right? About like tracking your time tracking your money, like really seeing what you have as opposed to just like, you know, a lot of us like put things in drawers or closets or whatever and stuff it away. And that's how I think a lot of the clutter 
can start because we're like, oh, I don't want to deal with this right now. I'll deal with it later. And it just kind of starts, you know, spiraling out of control. Mm. Um, It just blew my mind on a lot of levels, a lot of stuff. What are your (laughs) thoughts on like messy? Like I would like, so let me give you an example, Justine. I want to buy, like redo my closet. Okay. I know that financially this is not a good idea (laughs) and I don't care. I haven't done it, but I have had the intuitive hit that like, well, why don't you through your stuff and see what you're using and what you're not using? And the other part of me is like, no, I don't have time. So it's just a mess right now. (laughs) So let's, let's talk about this because I think messy also, it does denote like a certain level of like, um, not dealing with that issue. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Like closets are like the biggest hoarders of energy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're such hoarders of energy. So I I mean, I've heard so many stories of people clearing the closet, they get a job or they get checks in the mail or they get like opportunities like present themselves because we hoard it. Like the closets literally hoard energy. Mm. So if you're feeling like you have to ask yourself, what are you afraid of, of releasing? that is ready for you to receive, you know, at the same time. And it's good. I always tell people do not organize while you're decluttering because you're going to create a same cycle that you're already creating. You have to declutter everything first, touch everything, sort everything. And then once you see what you have, then that's when you organize because you start buying things not for the potential of what you have or or what you're going to have, but rather what you actually do have. So everything has a place. And if it doesn't have a place, then it doesn't belong in your house. Point blank. Mm. Mm. You know what else I just realized with you saying that closets are hoarders of energy? It's also so symbolic. It's like arc, and you're saying like, what are you afraid of? It's so symbolic of like, what's in the closet? What are you hiding in the closet? What skeletons are you? Yeah, what skeletons are in your closet? Yeah, exactly. That you don't Mm want to deal with. (laughs) You rather just get a new closet. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) let's just take a bomb to this and start over. (laughs) And we're done. (laughs) Start a fire, and we're done. Like that one movie. Oh, good times. Okay. (laughs) If only life would be that easy, but then you you still have the behavior pattern, you know? Right. That's yeah. Right. Nothing has changed. Yeah. I'm going to do it again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's why I declutter with clients. They think, oh, you're going to come declutter. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not decluttering. You're decluttering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm helping you and supporting you because I want you to touch everything. I want you to experience the emotions and the stuck energy and the feeling like, motivated and then you feel like you're dwindling and feeling like you don't have the energy and I can do that tomorrow. I want you to experience all that so that you understand foundationally what you're getting rid of so that you don't repeat the same cycle over and over again because you already learned your lesson because you got to experience the process. Yeah. Mm. Wait, so like how does that happen? For example, like you're going through the closet and you pick up something that makes you feel ugh, like tired or you've like how is it just I thought yeah. what you just said is so interesting how you like so you don't repeat the lesson you don't repeat so that. like it just depends on people's like hang up whatever it is um like I've worked with a lady that her husband passed and she was rather young and she had a hard time letting go of that stuff mm-hmm. but like when she released it she just felt like this relief off of her body 
But for the longest time, she wouldn't, she didn't want to deal with that stuff in the closet. Right. You know, she didn't want to let that go. Exactly. So it just depends on the person or like the woman that has her wedding dress from her ex, her, uh, her previous marriage, you know what I mean? And then her current marriage is falling apart and you're wondering why, you know, because you're holding on from your stuff things that happen, emotional traumas, triggers that happened in your previous relationship. And you're dragging that into your present relationship. And so it's like being mindful about all those things because it's all subconscious symbolism. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. That is interesting. Like you're really – my wheels are spinning up here. (laughs) (laughs) Me too because I have had so much – and you're right too. Like I go – I think you said this earlier, but like I'll go – why is it so much easier to start doing this stuff when you've been away from your space for a while? Like I told you, we went to Austin and when I came back, it was like so much easier for me to be like, oh, this doesn't go here. Oh, this needs to get out. This needs to – but then I start being in the space again and it suddenly feels so hard. Yeah. Why is that? It's because you're out of your element. You got to experience a transformative like retreat, which I'm assuming was – fantastic and amazing, you know, so you are like in your power, you are like calibrated to that frequency. So then when you go home, you are initially, you're like, you're great, you're doing awesome. And then all of a sudden the frequency of your environment is impacting like your, the frequency of you elevating yourself and it's bringing you back down. Mm. And so that's why it's important that when you're doing all this work up here, this frequency that you're at, you have to make sure your environment matches that frequency. Or it'll start mm. to break down and you don't even realize it. So what are some ways that you can make your environment up match your frequency? I mean, if like what – for example, like how it is, it's just what I'm used to, right? So how mm-hmm. do I know what's going to elevate this to be, like you said, like match where you're going? I think you said that, yeah. right? Yeah. Match where you're going. So – Like for me, whenever I'm working with clients, I love to start in their bedroom because the bedroom represents how you treat yourself and how you are in relationship with yourself and with others. Because usually the bath, the bedroom is like the last thing people pay attention to. And I'm like, that should be the first thing. And especially as moms, you know, we do everything for everyone else first and we don't take care of ourselves when it should be the opposite. It should be us taking care of us first. And then out of that, we give. And so like with my bedroom, like we make our bed every day. That is, that is the rule. We always make our bed every day because we want our children to make their bed every day. And that's just, you know, (laughs) mirroring that for them. (laughs) And um, we keep, of course, like we have a chair. We, everyone has that, that corner in their room that cultivates all the piles of clothes and, my husband's the one we have a rule where I do the laundry and he puts away the clothes. So when I have those piles of clothes there, I'm like, Hey, I know these, this is my mess, but can you put it away? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's just having systems in place with your natural way of the way that you do clutter. Like I have a chair and I put, I put shit on my chair all the time, but because I know that about myself, I actually removed the chair out of my bedroom so that I didn't have a place to, to, enable myself. I had to directly hang it up. So it's like understanding what you're doing. 
I just – I'm sorry. I just had this conversation with my partner yesterday because we have – like we have a really big bedroom and we have like a smaller couch in the bedroom and that's where all of our – I mean all my clothes end up there. It's it's that chair, that couch, that place. Um, so recently I keep getting the intuition. It's like you need a rack, like you know, one of those freestanding like – it's nice but like a hanging rack so I can hang my clothes because I have a lot of drawers but – it makes me treat my clothes like shit. Like honestly, I can't see them. I'm like whatever. These I, I it makes me undervalue them. So I just like throw them in the drawer and they get so messy and they're so wrinkled and it's just like I don't appreciate them cuz I can't see them. So yeah. as soon as I came home from the retreat, something was in my head I was like get a rack, get a rack, get a rack of like a clothes rack so you can like really see and appreciate certain pieces. And so we were talking about it yesterday and he or it was 2 days ago and he's like, "Okay." And we're like looking online. And anyway, he ordered this one. And so because of it, we're going to have to like move that couch. And I'm like, but that's great because like we're replacing a pile generator with mm-hmm. this. And he's like, well, I want something to sit on. I'm like, but when do you sit in there? He's like, I don't ever. I just want the option. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like, and that tells you as those options. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The option. But like- maybe the option represents something different to him. Maybe it represents like luxury. You know what I mean? Because you have this space. That's a good point. That's true. I mean, I understand it represents something to him. So it's like I'm not like fighting like get this completely out of here. I just really feel like the rack is important for me because I don't have a closet in there. I have a closet in the guest room closet. So Mm – and I like want my own little space, you know? So anyway. That makes sense. No, that's understandable. I mean, I think – for me, like I, like I recently was working with a client that had her office, her, she had a desk in her bedroom and she doesn't really use it. It was just putting stuff on there. You know, it just yeah. ended up being a big old messy thing. And I told her, I said, well, realistically, do you even use a desk? And she goes, no. I'm like, then you don't need it. If you don't, if you're not sitting down using it on a constant basis, then you should not have it in your environment at all. Because oh, I need you to talk to my husband out. so much. <laughs> Yeah, my husband's hung up on a desk as well. Like I was like, what is your deal with a desk? You don't need a desk. Like it's fine. You hardly, well now he's, today's his first day of his new job. He used to work from home full time. So that's transitioning. And I'm like, oh, can we get rid of your desk now that you're not going to be here? Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, no. So (laughs) So you got to work with what you got, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Mm. Seriously. Um, Cool. What else? Oh, go ahead, Amy. What are some ways that we can like up level our environment, like almost instantly, like other than setting systems into place, because that's a really good idea. But what are some like, I really just want a magic pill. Can I buy a plant? (laughs) Is there like something I can buy that like does this for me? Do I sage my house? What do I do? Well, I always recommend for people to do saging and smudge their, their space. How often do you recommend that? So it's a minimum of a month, every uh, once a month. But if you're noticing people are getting sick or you have a lot of house um, um, house guests or parties or you and your significant other starting to get into arguments, things like that, those are all signs that it's time for you to do an energy clearing. So I usually have – I do an energy clearing before I have people over and afterwards so I keep their energy out of my house. (laughs) Mm, That's fair. (laughs) Like, I love you, but I don't want your baggage and your energy. 
um, stuck in my house because I know that it's going to impact me and my motivation and all that stuff. So I have to be mindful. That's my, that's my spirit energy uh, boundary. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, so also being mindful of your environment, like the light. So I love natural lighting. Natural lighting is so important um, for your home um, because it affects your mood. If you're constantly walking into a space that is dark and gloomy, your body will feel that and drag its energy down. And so I would say if you have a darker space, put some lighting in there, bring some plants that uplift the energy. Or if you don't have a green thumb, which is perfectly fine, you can do vase of flowers. Francis, oh. who's watching, says money tree? Question. Mark. Yes. Money trees are amazing to put in a particular quadrant of the home. They represent, they have the frequency of abundance and prosperity. What's so a that, money tree? Um, I'll show you actually a money tree really quick. This is the one I have. I just bought a new one at Ikea. I love Ikea, girl. We should go. Not yeah. even joking. So this is a money tree. Oh, and so cute. It oh, I red, love it. Rated stem. Yeah. And so... The petals, and you can see here, this one has two, four. Kind of looks uh, like marijuana. I know it does. <laughs> I can smoke it. Smoke my abundance. Um, I can smoke my abundance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you get six petals or more, it's really auspicious. It's supposed to be a lot more happier abundance and things like that. So, What if you kill it? Does, it? it does have like a really happy energy that – it yeah, does. Yeah. I hope it's that like, I don't really have a green thumb. Are they easy to keep alive, Justine? Um, I believe they are. I okay. mean, what you can do is you can get those glass um, bubble things that hold water and just yeah. stick in there. And that's that works really well um, for me. Or and where do the money trees in, go in your house? I keep interrupting you. I'm so sorry. Um, in the southeast area. The southeast area of the home is the – so – Everyone's home is different, but for this particular thing, this is called a Bagua map. That I call it the life aspiration chart. This is like the the um, blueprint, the starting blueprint of one of the layers of feng shui. So each quadrant represents a different aspect of your life, different energy that it holds, a different element, and um, different things. So south southeast is for wealth, prosperity, and abundance. Awesome. Yeah. How do you, you know what the direction is? Is it from your front door or just southeast, south, southeast, southeast in general, like the direction? The direction. So what you would do, what you can do, because I don't have my special compass, so I wouldn't be able to tell specifically, but you can get your phone and your compass and go to the center of your house and find where the southeast corner is. And this is also a great exercise too. Um, look, if you're, if you're feeling stuck in abundance or prosperity, go to the Southeast corner and see where that area is in your home. Some people will notice that they have boxes or a room that hasn't been used, or it's that room that no one ever goes into. And they're like, Oh man, that's so crazy. You that's know? so cool. That is so cool. I am so, fr I want to do it right Wait, now. I, I want to be right like, I've got too. stuff to do. <laughs> I can't do it. Wait, do you have I, to do I'm it from the, the center? center? Yeah, I'm not in the center, in the center of, of your house. I mean, that's just an easier way to do it, but you can definitely um, sit where you're at and find where the southeast corner is in your area. Southeast corner. Okay, wait. Southeast. Oh my God, it's it's here where all the boxes are. <laughs> 
It's literally right right over here that you can't see. There's a curtain. Oh, man. And behind the curtain is storage and boxes and everything that, like, my partner keeps all his tools, but just, like, boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes. Girl, move that shit. I uh, (laughs) I know that you, so but you also have to work with your lifestyle too, you know, yeah. and what you have. So it's yeah. understandable. Another yeah. plan I want to tell you guys really quick. This one, this is a le- this is called a lucky plant as well. But you'll see these on Home Depot or Lowe's. They're really easy. Yeah, and they come, they're like the hanging plant. So yeah, they like I'm, vine around. Yeah, exactly. So what I do is I actually take the dirt off of it and rinse it off and put it in a vase of water. And it survives just like that as well. So you don't have to worry about watering them. And what are those plants good for and where do we put them? You can put them wherever you want. This is just part of uplifting the energy in the space. Oh, okay, good. Excellent. Okay. So money trees are awesome. They just go in a particular area, but you can put them anywhere you want in general and stuff. Now, what about like furniture that like rugs that might be dirty or like, for example, we have a giant L-shaped couch out there and one of our cushions is now missing because when we went away, my dog like unexpectedly got sick with the person that – and we just – we haven't – like I don't know what we're going to do about it, but like one of the cushions is missing. So like stuff like that, like how does that affect things? Well, I mean, just the fact that you brought it up to to my attention and stuff shows that there's something there. And so it's kind of like, oh, it's missing. There's something missing going on in that area of your life. or And I don't even know where the quadrant lies in that area. So yeah. if you're feeling that like weirdness and stuff, then I would just say like, see if you can get make your own pillow or get a replacement of some sort. Because we want to make sure everything in your space is always in working order. So if things are broken, they're trash, or they just any projects that you've been saying you're going to work on and you haven't worked on in like a long time, like six months, it's usually time to transition. But it transition those things. But if you're like an artist, for example, you know, and you have all this stuff, and then you've taken a pause, like I wouldn't tell you to get rid of everything if it matches your lifestyle. But if it doesn't, if it's an old hobby or old thing, just get rid of it. Because you're just holding on to old energy. You're holding on to stuff. When the universe is like, hey, I want to give you all these abundant things that you keep asking me for, but you need to let go of some of the stuff that you're holding on to that's from your past. Yeah. I get that. (laughs) That resonates for sure. Interesting. So, and then like looking at like your environment, like I was talking about the lighting is really important. That helps with the energy, like lifting up the energy and putting things in your space that represent like happiness, inspiration. Like when you look at it, you feel inspiring. It makes you feel a certain way. You know, people usually have heirlooms or things that were passed down and they can't stand the shit and they have it because of guilt and like things like that. I'm like, well, you're... (laughs) Putting the energy of guilt in your home because you're afraid of how someone else is going to feel about it. I was like, mm. oh, yeah. Justine, why would you have to say that? All right. Hold on. Why? What do you have, Andy? I can't even say it we're on Facebook Live right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud. I'll tell you guys later. <laughs> awesome. Oh. Any other things that you think people um, overlook or think would be helpful for people to be more conscious of, like simple things? 
Yes. So um, one of the things that I would say is like your front door. Your front door was is what welcomes in all the good positive energy. So you want to set a good impression. You know, it's like first impressions. And that's how energy works. You want to bring beauty into your space. So you have to have like your welcome mat, making sure everything is in working order in your front door, making sure that the you don't have dead plants in the front. Um, one of the biggest ones that biggest mistakes that people make is adding roses by their front door. And roses are beautiful. They smell amazing, but they have thorns and thorns scare away or turn positive energy into negative energy or intense energy. So you want to be mindful of like pointy stuff like cacti or anything pointy in your environment, because that could be impacting you in a, in a negative way and you don't realize it. Um, so rose bushes, you don't want them in your front by your front door. Um, let's see here. Having your headboard in your bedroom, you want to make sure that it's not under a window or alignment with the front, uh, not the front door, alignment with the door or under um, under a um, or on the same wall where the bathroom's plumbing is at, because that can cause huh. subconscious health issues and things like that. Mm-hmm. So wait, 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 wait. We got to back up here. So I this is really interesting because I don't have a headboard. Okay. I've been meaning to buy one, but like one, it's just on like my like to-do list. It's, yeah. It's on my to-do <laughs> list, but it's really interesting what you're saying because one, the bedroom represents yourself. Mm-hmm. And I get so annoyed that we don't have a headboard and like that all of this thing, I just feel like it's really interesting. Like, I feel like it's not enough right now, yeah. which is really so in alignment with like how I'm feeling in my personal life. And anyway, we're not going to, that's not, that's not the point. The point is, what does it mean when you don't have a headboard? If I did have a headboard, it would be in alignment with the door. So when you have a headboard, a headboard represents mountain energy and mountain energy is all about stability and being grounded. So having a headboard represents being supported in life. So if you are not feeling supported, having a wooden headboard is so will help support you in that. Um, depending on the person, like not depending on the person, but when I'm looking at everyone's overall face, I look at where the front door is because that tells me if it's in a power position and that's a whole other level of feng shui. But for each person, there is an element that's associated with them. And then they have four power directions. And I usually try to put people in these four power directions while they're sleeping, while they're eating, while they're working and making sure their office space is in their power position because you want to make sure that the universe is supporting you from behind always. And you never want to be facing a wall for your desk because that represents that you are not ready to take on new opportunities. I face giant windows. What does that mean? My desk is facing giant windows. It just means that things are going on behind your back and you're missing out on opportunities. Oh, great. Wait, where's the desk supposed to be? If it's <laughs> I face the door and a wall. So you need to have a solid wall behind you. Having a, So you're good. You have a solid wall behind wall. you. And, but what I'm talking about is when people have a desk and then the, the wall's right here. Like, yeah, I've seen that. And I've heard that that's like, I actually read 
years ago that that is kind of like the um, cubicle thinking. Yeah. And like executives don't set up their desk that way. Um, because oh, yeah. they don't. The desk. Yeah, is, I, I see. It's like yeah. Michael Scott. So that's office. intentionally. Yeah, that's intentionally why I put my desk here because I was like, I want to see who's coming in. Yeah, exactly. Because you are putting yourself in the CEO position, like in the boss position, and so that's like empowering you and supporting you and all your endeavors. That's why it's important to have a solid wall behind you, and it also supports your nervous system, so it's not going into like craziness because your body goes into fight or flight because it doesn't, it, it's like, Oh, I'm exposed. You know, I'm exposed right. behind. So your nervous system is overstimulated and then you're not able to fully focus and do your job or do your work or whatever project you're working on because your body's too busy worrying about what's going on behind them instead of what's going on in front of them. So, mm. Yeah. That's why whenever I go into a restaurant, I always love um, – like I have I had this thing since I can even remember. I have to sit with my back to the least of the restaurant and my face to the most. Like I have to be able to yes. see the most. And um, I don't know. I heard back in the day like, oh, you know, so long ago, it, that was like a, a, protect, a protective measure. Like the man always wanted to sit facing the, the majority of the place so that he could protect the woman if someone came in behind but yeah. yeah, it feels energetically like I cannot sit with my back to the majority of the restaurant. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm like that. I probably drive my husband crazy because he's like, "We'll get we'll get seated at a restaurant." I'm like, "Oh no, no, no! Can we? I'll wait for a booth. I don't mind yeah. waiting." <laughs> so bougie. I'm like, yeah. no, you don't. Understand. No, it's a feng shui thing. <laughs> um, so Heather says, um, "I have no headboard either, and no wall options at this point. Should I just put it in a corner?" think she means her bed. Thank you, Heather. Yes. For not having a headboard like me. <laughs> so, okay. If she doesn't have a solid wall and all her walls, I'm assuming have windows in it. Um, I'm just assuming that that's the case. If that, if that's what's going on, what you can do is you can put a heavy curtain to block, to block out the light from the window. And it's only at nighttime. You don't have to have that, that, that shade on there during the day. It's more of like a protective measure so your body can have a good night's sleep. Because when you're under the windows, there's like a draft that comes in and it can cause illness and sickness and things like that. So it's just stuff like that you want to be mindful of. But um, there's always remedies around that. Um, It's just, we would like for you to be on a solid wall. Now, if you catty corner your bed, um, that is a different trick to use if you, one, I, I usually recommend for people that have guests that like to stay past their huh, past their expiration date, what you do is you catty corner their bed towards the to, towards the door, and what you're doing is you're creating a vortex of energy in that corner to push them out of your house. <laughs> oh, okay. that's yeah. pretty cool. So if yeah, you have cool. children that are that are way too old living in your house, and you're like, you need to get the hell out, <laughs> get your kids out, or whatever. You know what I mean? Caddy corner their bed. <laughs> yeah. Dang, so, that's yeah. cool. How does that create a vortex of energy? Like it's because it's caddy cornered and the energy in the corner, it's like it's going like this. It has nowhere to go. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um fun little tricks. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh <laughs> everybody's like, and now I need to move everything. Carrie's like, now, now I need to move my desk. Heather said, um, yes. 
Heather said she had a wall with windows, wall with plumbing, and a wall with a door. Wait, so my bed faces – I'm telling you. My bed faces <laughs> the wall with the door. But the door isn't like directly in front of the bed on the other side of the wall. It's like to the right. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You just don't want to be in direct alignment. Yeah. If it's no offset, that's fine. That's cool. cool. Can we talk about the entryway? Because I get so – there. like – So we have like a shoe thing, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. But like the shoes are never in the shoe thing like they should be. And it stresses me out, as you can tell already. Um, Thinking about it stresses me out. So to me, when you walk into my house, it's like, welcome to the shit show that is happening here. (laughs) So like, (laughs) and then everybody's like, do you want me to take my shoes off? And I'm like, yes, please. So there's like always this, like, it feels uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Oh, he feels uncomfortable. So what I'm hearing because like, they don't know if they should take their shoes off, and then like I'm asking that it's like boundaries are not established because there are shoes everywhere. But maybe I'm just looking at the shoes too much. I don't know. Well, I mean, you can put a sign that says on your door in a decorative frame or something that says "Please take off your shoes," and you can put something funny, quirky on there so people realize, oh, you should take off your shoes. Like it mm-hmm. happens in my house too because like when you walk into my home. And this is like bad feng shui, but it, I have a duplex. So I'm fixing this house up. Don't don't judge me. Not judge me. <laughs> <laughs> so when your front door is, your your stairs are in alignment with your door. So I open my door, my stairs are up there. Yeah. Like, um, people walk with their shoes all the way up. And then I have a landing that's regular things. But when you go into the living room and the bedrooms, I have people take off their shoes. And so it's usually like this awkward thing too, but I'm like, oh yeah, just take off your shoes there. Um, if I, I don't, I don't mind telling people what to do, but if it felt uncomfortable, then that's fine. Like putting a sign that says something on there would be really good. So you don't have to worry about that awkwardness. So there's nothing like that represents, I don't know, like the shoes don't represent anything Big. They don't. I mean, it would be different if it's like full of clutter on there. If it's, it feels if you walk into your space and that's the first thing you see and you feel overwhelmed when you see that, mm-hmm. then maybe moving it to a different area or restructuring your um, your system with that, like maybe the kids or whoever takes off their shoes, take your shoes off at the door and then carry your shoes up to your room, you know, or wherever. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that that's, could be just like for, you know, your outdoor shoes or whatever you can have each person can have like one pair of shoe at the bottom of the stairs and it has to be neat. And if not any extras go back into their room or where mm. they put their extra shoes at. I read one time that for a function, tell me if this is right or wrong. You're not supposed to put your bills in the kitchen because it reduces prosperity and money coming in. It like adds to the bills. That's really interesting. I would have never thought that but I mean I can you're the feng shui expert so if that's not right like you tell me yeah I mean like people have different philosophies and so I like to I like to take everything in you know Mm -hmm. I will say like a mirror is not a water element so that let's just throw that out there mirror is not a water element a mirror is made out of earth because glass is made out of sand you know Mm -hmm. um yeah that whole thing um but I already lost my train of thought. Jesus. Bills in the kitchen. Bills in the kitchen. So with bills in the kitchen, I like to tell people, put your bills. If you like putting things in envelopes like or categories, put, that, put it in blue. Because blue 
it is the water element. It soothes, it softens, it lightens the load kind of thing. So putting your bills in blue is great and putting like your checks and things that are abundant in red because red is fire and amplifies. Mm. So it, they could, because the kitchen, certain areas of the kitchen represent the fire element. Um, I can see why putting your bills in the kitchen could represent, like it could enhance the bills and things like that with the fire. But mm. you know, it just depends on your intention and things like that. That's so interesting. That's like, and then you bring in color. Like I love what you just illustrated with color there. That's so interesting. And I'm sure we could dive into hours. Oh, yeah. That too. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, but I just realized it's already – our time is already up on the feng shui. Justine, oh, do you – I know. It like literally went by in a snap. Um, Justine, do you have – before we like wrap up, do you have anything that you feel really called to share that we haven't yet? Yeah. Uh, okay. I would really love to share about that feng shui. There's different schools of feng shui. So the most common feng shui of people read books about and find out about is actually called Western School. And Western School has only been around for 50 years, like a little bit over 50 years. So the feng shui that I practice classical is over 6,000 years old. And so I work with the energy of the home and the land. And so if you hire a feng shui expert and you want to know what school they practice, if they carry a low pan, this is called a low pan. This is a feng shui compass. And this tells me the orientation of how your home sits on the land. And it can tell me if it's supporting you for health, wealth, and relationships. And that's just the external. And then I use a mathematical algorithm to figure out the internal environment of your space and how it's reflecting in the different areas of your life, also known as the Bagua map. So, and life aspiration chart. So that's what I do. And I just want you to know that, that there is different schools and don't, there is a lot of mixed information because of the classical and Western school. And so they just have, it's a stem off of, it's a simplified version of what I practice and things like that. So, yeah. Cool. Well, <laughs> thank- fancy right there. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. And, you know, I'm sure we will, we should probably have you on again because we could, sounds like we could talk about this forever, yes. but in the meantime, where can people find you if they do want to work with you or they want to learn more about what you do or feng shui? Where yeah. can they reach out to you? So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and um, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as my website, which is passionstylepurpose.com. And that's my handle, Passion Style Purpose, everywhere. <laughs> Passion Style cool. Purpose. Okay, we will put that in the show notes. Um, so if you want to reach out to Justine, you can just click the links in the show notes or take it down your own damn self or not your mother's. No. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, Justine, it was such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for uh, so all much. this. We're now going to all go home and destroy our apartments and put them back together. I Um, know. Ah, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Damn it. Yeah. No, it's all for the, it's all for the best. Um, so if you're listening to this and you make any changes and notice any improvements, let us know and we'll share that with Justine as well. Um, all right. Love you so much, everyone. Keep on blooming until next time. Bye. 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 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.